One, you're like a dream come true. Two, just want to be with you. 525,600 minutes. Ten minutes ago, I saw you. <laughs> Listeners, if you missed it on our last episode, on our anniversary episode the 50th right and this one's just like a normal everyday run-of-the-mill episode 51 and by everyday run of the villain you mean pure podcast gold gold (laughs) then yes yes but on the 50th episode our 51st dates episode nate baranowski the other gentleman on this podcast revealed our bonjour three our 3d triangle plan for world domination Yes. And we, we won't rehash the whole thing here, but we encourage you to go listen to that. I also have put it in show notes. I think I'm going to create a page on the website. I'm going to take out a Times Square billboard ad, and we're going to put it all there. And, you know, I'd like to come up with a, a, plan, uh, a title for this, like the FDR New Deal. You know what I mean? I want to, <laughs> I want to think like I understand. Rising Tide Lifts All Boats, uh, 3D Triangle. We'll, we'll makes everybody rich and some and then some propaganda posters <laughs> yes really I like some it. really strong graphical language looking at you ben lopez <laughs> <laughs> yes listeners go back and listen to that we want to get you up that levels you know and listen everyone's at least a level one level one the amethyst algae all you have to do is listen to this show and it's not the lowest level it's the level with the most opportunity for growth Mm. Well done, Stephen. Thank you. I've been thinking about that and wishing I had said it last week, <laughs> so I wanted to sneak it in this time. We encourage all listeners to participate. I think we did have a listener uh, rate us in the Apple Podcasts app. They gave us five stars because we are now, once again, a five-star podcast. Ooh. Yes, 5.0. They did not leave a written review Otherwise, we would give you a shout out. We don't know who you are, listener, but thank you. Somewhere you're moving up the ladder. That's right. And we don't even know it. But you're so self-satisfied, you don't even (laughs) require. You don't even require the shout out. That's right. But uh, yeah, comment on our stuff. Follow us on social media. Add movies on the side. And uh, if you'd like to make some fan art (laughs) for these gemstone animal levels, we would love to see that. We do have a lot of very talented artists yes. following us. It just so happens that uh, I'm in a, a few circles with talented artists, and so That's I right. know many of our viewers are very talented. More talented than most podcast families, might mm. I say. I agree. And if you happen to make a gemstone animal fan art, you might jump a few levels. You might <laughs> uh, take the fast track up the triangle, if you know what I mean. Yeah, the the Jedi Council would have to vote, obviously. We can't just do that. Well, no, no. But we'll we'll take it under advisement. Absolutely. So listen to that. Look in show notes. It'd be great if you could help us get the word out about this show that we love. But I do have one other quick follow-up. I've been meaning to ask you about this. Yes. It's been a year since doing this podcast. Yes. And at some point last year, you had said that you were taking a Q-tip hiatus. Yes. Due to your wife's uh, medical advisement. Are you still refraining from Q-tip use? I am still abstinent. Wow. Yep. Still working for you? It is still happening. At this, I told myself only 2018 and then no further, but there's a little bit of, uh, if you go to Charles Duhigg's uh, 
Power of Habit uh, book mm. talks about the keystone habit, the habits that you do that spur on other habits. Oh. So refraining from Q-tipping is a hygienic choice that I'm making that I keep going now because I want to break it, but by doing it, I think it helps stretch my self-discipline muscle a little bit. So I am still Q-tip mm. free, but I like to tell myself at any moment in time, I could if I wanted to. It's no longer the year I have... <laughs> freedom to do it i see you're choosing not to now i'm choosing not to now mm. which is silly but <laughs> i still gladly use i use a toothpick to no no not a toothpick that's dangerous people don't do that i still use a q-tip in each ear every morning and it's wonderful <laughs> but you said something a second ago habits that lead to other habits yes and i was tempted i was tempted to make this joke that it's habits all the way down if i say that do you know the reference that i'm meaning when I say something all the way down? No, no. Yeah, please explain your, your, your joke that you almost said, but you didn't, but then you said. <laughs> because in the future, I would like to be able to allude to this joke, and then you and our listeners will understand. Those of us, the Mott's family, who are in on the ground level of the triangle. Anyway, there once was a man who asked a, uh, a Hindu priest how the universe uh, was created. And the priest said, well, the whole universe is sitting on the back of a giant turtle. Mm -hmm. And the man asked, well, what is that turtle on? And the priest said, well, that turtle is on the back of another turtle. And the man asks, well, what's at the bottom? And the priest said, well, it's turtles all the way down. Wait, hold on a second. Is that, <laughs> is that a joke? Like, is that the joke? No. No, it's not a joke. Oh, okay. That's just like the story. Okay, That's got the it. story. But there may be a moment in the future, like what you just said, habits on habits. And I was tempted to say, yeah, it's habits all the way down. Okay. And now I want to be able to use that reference uh, in the future. <laughs> You're informing the listener so that you can use something that really gives you a chuckle. Yes. So that we can all be in the same boat with you. That's right. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. That, that, uh, there's another podcast I listen to that does that uh, periodically, and, and I would like to also be able to do that. So Okay, wonderful. Now you can use it at your whim. Let's talk about a movie. We're talking about a popular movie today. Yeah. Spider-Man, colon, into the Spider-Verse. Mm -hmm. And if you just say with that, it's Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. This movie was talked about a lot. Did you have uh, people in your circles saying stuff about this movie? Like, hey, yes. you should see this movie? Yes, yes, yes. I had a lot of people saying it. I was initially resistant because it felt like it was in a weird animated style. That was my initial impression, that it was kind of weird. And you were also rather resistant to zeitgeisty things. Yes. And a little bit of that contrarian in you pops yes. up and says, well, if you guys all like it, I'm not going to just be a lemming. Because <laughs> everybody said... Spider-Man all the way down. I, and I love Spider-Man, so it's a tough. It was a push and pull of, I really like Spider-Man, but I also really like being contrary. <laughs> So what do I do? But everybody was saying, yeah, I wasn't sure. And I saw it and it was amazing. And I was like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, people say that about a lot of things. You know, people mm -hmm. say that about Brussels sprouts and I don't share the enthusiasm. You know what I mean? Well, if you dip them in bacon grease, sure. Well, listener of the show, Matt Glover certainly knows how to do that. Yep. But I went back to Rotten Tomatoes and it would seem like Rotten Tomatoes reflects the general reception of this movie, which is... 97% critics score yes. and 94% audience score. 
high, high score. I don't know if you perused the IMDb trivia section for this film. Yes. There's a lot of interesting things. I got halfway down and then had to like, (laughs) like, okay, I guess I'm never going to finish this. Correct. Right. It was uh, it was trivia all the way down, and I could not. I did not get to the end either. Was there any that particularly stood out to you that you were like, "Oh, that's cool." A lot of them were kind of repeats of other things, right? And talking about how the characters in this book came from these different Spider-Man comics, and how these different threads were all brought together using the Spider-Verse slash Multiverse, right? Sort of thing. So that was kind of a cool thing of. It's it's almost like every movie ad- adaptation of a comic book could use the plot device where there is multiple universes because then you could bring in all of those comic book reboots and different things. And I love how they kind of right. uh, reference that. So what I enjoyed from the trivia section is the many comments, of, particularly about the animation style of this movie. It is different than seeing a Pixar movie or seeing just a flat, hand-drawn animated movie. It's A couple interesting facts was, to eliminate motion blur in the film, a majority of the animation was done with only 12 frames per second. Right. Which, if you know filmmaking, it's usually 24. That provides the normal speed of watching. But 12 frames kind of gives it that almost a comic book feel. Yeah, as if you're going through like a flip book. Exactly. And they even had actual comic book artists from hand-drawn comic books, have final say on the frames. And even after the animation and all that, you can, like the artists got in there and did some hand stuff. So it it looked really comic booky, and I appreciated that. Okay, this is something, uh, I didn't know we would dive into this so soon. Mm -hmm. I have to really just like get in here, because I spent a lot of time last night, uh, after quitting the trivia section, because it was too long, I just watched videos of the animation process. Oh, nice. For this movie and like looking at the you know the the 12 versus the 24. Right. It is artistic brilliance. And let me t- mm. tell you a few things that I learned. They will have they will change the animation style based on like the character development. For example, uh. while uh Peter Parker and Miles Morales are kind of swinging together, they're both animated at 12 but Mm -hmm. peter parker's on the ones and miles is on the twos oh my goodness so they're actually like it kind of shows they're out of syncness yeah in their animation and then at other times they'll like have a a smooth like 24 together and then when they like sync up together they'll animate at the same time but like i watched a lot of them slowing down to each frame just to see the beauty which is yeah. I wish I could watch this movie maybe at like, I don't know, just to see all these different frames because they're beautiful because everything's been touched. Yeah. Every once in a while a frame just becomes a comic book panel right. that I'm not even sure I noticed when I viewed it. Right. But it'll like subconsciously must like flash. The way that it's animated, they will have, instead of having a motion blur, if you like freeze it on a frame, you'll have like three arms of Spider-Man as he moves quickly through the air. Kind of an a shadow effect right, right. kind of like old school cartoons like it's kind of following behind because it's moving so fast right right and watching if he hits something there's like the boing or doink or whatever like written out i watched the scene where like right. the car almost runs into him and like down by its wheels 
it says while it's breaking hard, it, it like spells out screech underneath that I never saw while I was watching it. Yeah. I found the animation of this movie. I found the visuals of this movie so compelling that it was all like it was a visual feast and I kept looking at like, oh, I wonder how they're going to do this. Oh, they switched to this style. Oh, this is... Yeah. You can tell. It was like 177 animators worked on this and it took them like months to do like four seconds, right? Exactly. Yeah. They said normally it takes weeks to do four seconds of an animated film at times, but this one it, would, it took sometimes months to do four seconds. And how they took like the 3D models of the face and they were had to map like these sketch lines over, let's say, Miles Morales' right. face and how they had to like, in 3D space, have these kind of like sketchy looks and they used the over, is it called overprinting? Offset printing? Where the, the colors and the lines don't quite match up like in old comic books. Right. I paused it once when it showed like his eyes close up. The line on his eye was slightly off from the, from the color, the iris section. Right. It was cool. Yeah. You could tell like a lot of love went into the animation of this movie. Yes. And that is something close to my heart because I've never seen anything like this movie before. It was so unique that it sort of captured my imagination. Sorry, that's my long rant, but I I love it so much. No, that was awesome. And it did take me a second to get into it Mm -hmm. because, again, I knew it was going to be different. But sometimes, like when I would see the word bubbles pop up, I was like, oh, "I hope they don't do that through the whole movie." But they don't, and it's kind of it's they very tasteful how they will insert comic book elements. You know, sometimes heavy to kind of remind you this is supposed to be comic booky, but then they let you enjoy the movie too, and they they don't keep pushing it in your face. Right. And it was a uh, it was really enjoyable. This was the most amount of animators ever on a Sony film, Mm. which I thought was interesting. And like what you were saying, though, the details, even the contextual details, where instead of UPS trucks, if you look closely, they say USB. Right. Instead of FedEx, it says RedX. And NYPD, it says like PDNY, his dad says, yeah. Yeah, and all, if you look in the trivia section for IMDb, there's so many of these little details. This one thing I thought was hilarious all the animators who worked on this film wanted to be able to animate Stan Lee. Yeah. And so every time there's a train on screen, there's a Stan Lee in there, <laughs> which yeah. is amazing. This is also notable because this was Stan Lee's last voice performance in a movie. Right. Because he passed away shortly after he, he recorded this. So, And, and there is a, a straight cameo by Stan Lee. He is the shop owner. I'm going to miss him. Yeah, we were friends, you know. Yeah, that was kind of a touching thing. I didn't think I would see a Stan Lee cameo in here, but I guess, yeah, he did record that before passing away. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the characters. Okay. And the one, the one that, it, it took me a second, but the Kingpin, mm. the main villain of this, of this movie and some of the, the creators in IMDb at least comment like, this is the most caricatured version of the Kingpin that you could ever see. It's one of the, I think, producer's favorite Spider-Man villain. Yeah, and I think it came, I think his art style came from a Frank Miller. A graphic novel from like the 80s or something. When I first saw it, it took me a second. I was like, oh, that's a little jarring. But then I loved the exaggeration and the portrayal of the Kingpin. I don't know. I just, I liked him. And he was voiced by Liev Schreiber. Right. If I say that correctly. I think so. From X-Men Origins Wolverine. 
I love how like that's the uh, IMDb credit I'm going to go with here. Right, right. Well done. It's in your your wheelhouse. Mm, yes, it is. Yeah, I thought I thought Kingpin was great. I thought yeah. At first, I was too. Like man, that just a, he's just a big black square. <laughs> right, black rectangle on this movie, but. They even say one of the, I think it was one of the producers, but that they wanted to make him so big, basically everything bends to his will when he's in the room. Right. All he has to do is stand there and everything bends around him, even the, the camera lens. And it's, that's pretty cool. And in the same way, I think the Prowler is a great villain in this movie also. Yeah, I, I was much more of a, yeah, the, the kingpin for me was kind of where it was at. Like, for whatever reason, like, the design of his face was also, like, really cool because it was menacing. Yeah. Kind of fit inside this little, this circle <laughs> that was his head. <laughs> yes, yes. And, like, the, the lighting on him was always really fun. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was It great. was cool. The, let's, let's talk about the Prowler. Yes. Who is, okay, we're going to say spoilers right here for this movie, right? Absolutely. Okay. Spoilers. Bop, spoil. Leave now. Forever hold your peace. Is his uncle Aaron. Aaron? I believe so. Turns out to be the Prowler. Yes. I thought the scene of them together, I thought was one of... Mm-hmm. I, I think him and his dad was maybe top, but I think the uncle-nephew yeah. dynamic here was also uh, really compelling. No, there's no one. There's no, no one. I can't have no nephew of mine on the streets with no game. Hey, I got game. I... It's a new girl, actually. You know, she's kind of into me. You know how it is. What's the name? You know, we this is it's we laying down the groundwork right now. <laughs> you know about the shoulder touch. It was really compelling, and just quick synopsis: Miles Morales, the main character, is in. I can't tell. If it was like junior high or high school, maybe. I think high school. Maybe like early high school age. He actually goes to this really fancy school. His dad's a cop. And his parents, you know, really want him to succeed, push him to do well, very motivating. And so his dad is really hard on him to do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, although you, I think hilarious at times, like when he drops him off at school and comes across on the loudspeaker of the police car. Dad, speed up, speed up. I know these kids. You know, with great ability comes great accountability. That's not even how the saying goes, Man, I Dad. I like this cereal, though. I'm giving that. Oh, my gosh. Don't cops run red lights? Well, yes, some do. But uh, not your dad. But then his uncle, Mom Morales' uncle, which is Uncle Aaron, you're right, is like his uh, outlet. You know, he's the cool uncle that lets him exactly do graffiti in the subway and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, the, the scene with him and his uncle and his uncle's relating to him and everything. And then the scene where he discovers that his uncle is the prowler, really emotional, like really, right. it has heart. You know, the movie has heart. I think it was also a really touching thing where... Um, the prowler gets shot by kingpin and right he's kind of laying dying and talking to miles and basically sorry i couldn't like be better example but like you're doing great keep going right sort of thing which is a yes i don't think i see that as much in like those classic like someone's dying in your arm scenes but i thought that was a really powerful script choice and character choice yeah. that it, it wasn't so much about he wasn't explaining why he was the prowler. He wasn't like right. asking for a bunch of forgiveness. He was basically like, you're doing great. Like, keep going on your path because you're on the right track. And a lot more like you focused versus me focused. Yeah, that was good. And that was actually kind of heavy when, I mean, when the kingpin shot him. Yeah, I was watching this with my boys 
And I was like, are they going to show the Kingpin physically shooting this guy? And they did. And I was like, whoa, that's, that's heavy right. for, a PG, for a PG movie. Right. But also, I think one of the points of this movie, and in the IMDb trivia section, I think it said this, but this was the first mixed racial Spider-Man, maybe my first mixed uh, ever superhero portrayed. Oh, okay. In a movie, maybe culturally, maybe something that someone of Miles' age would be exposed to. It's a real thing. Right. Maybe it's important to show that. I like how this movie doesn't pretend like there weren't other so many other Spider-Man movies. Right. Because with every new movie that gets like a new reboot, you're like, are you expecting me to pretend like I've never heard about Spider-Man before? There have been six <laughs> right. other movies before this. <laughs> we literally have four origin stories. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or Nick, Nick Cage saying, that was a really, uh, that's a real intense origin story. <laughs> <laughs> Which can I just say... When I saw Spider-Man Noir, and I, I, soon, I heard one word come out of his mouth, I said, Nicolas Cage. Yes. I did not know who he was playing before, but his voice was perfect, and I, look, I liked him as a character. Yes. Hey, fellas. Is, is he in black and white? Where is that wind coming from? We're in a basement. Wherever I go, the wind follows. And the wind, it smells like rain. I like the moments where it does, the movie does not take itself super seriously, and, and there's the scenes when Miles is walking through the hallways of the school, and he kind of has an internal dialogue that we're hearing as a voiceover, and he's looking around making comments about the other students, and like, he sees a girl, and he's like, wow, she's tall. <laughs> and just that, that, that brief funny, like, yeah, that's a reality. Like, you would probably have that momentary thought, and they don't sit on it as really quick, right. but it's a fun little aside you know, be real for someone, you know, of his age walking around school. So I, I liked those moments. Is that a reference to how like Spider-Man's thoughts, like in the comic books, all of his internal thoughts are like displayed for all of us to read? I think so. Yeah. Is that why he was talking about like his inner voice being so loud and so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, I think so. I will say that there's a lot of action in this movie and it's, it's fun. It's great action. There were some moments where I was like, you know, I've never had a seizure, but, oh <laughs> but I might be I might be close. Okay. I don't know. Okay, so this is this is probably some of my biggest complaints of this movie. Which yeah. to be honest, part of me goes, Steven, I might just be getting old. <laughs> I felt that too. I had parts of this movie that goes like, is this what it feels like to be like oh, this is, <laughs> is this what the kids are into these days? Right, exactly. Because there were okay, I think my biggest issue is that I wasn't huge into the sound effects and the way the sound was mixed into it. There are certain right. songs that I really liked and I really liked sort of like the hip hop elements, but whatever the like right. kind of electronica dubs dubstep, I don't know if there is like a better term for it. To me, it just felt yeah. kind of like an anxiety-inducing um, build. <laughs> but it wasn't yeah. like quick. It was like 40 seconds long. Those scenes, especially towards the beginning, or like even while the logos are playing, was like right i really love these visuals but i find this kind of seizure slash anxiety yeah 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 it gets your nerves and going. i wanted peace 
for part of it. <laughs> there were times where I'm just like, I want stillness now. I want quiet. Right. But I think the visuals were so great that I didn't care as much. But yeah, some of like it was constant. It was constant racket in this movie. <laughs> Turn down the volume. It felt like sensory overload at times. It did. And I almost, maybe I'm glad I didn't see this in the theater. Because I feel like on a huge screen in a movie theater, this would be intense. Like This would be, be a lot. Stuff is glitching. Colors are flashing. Yeah. There's like subliminal <laughs> comic book pages coming at me. And like a really right. loud. Right. The final fight scene when they're in that you know, dimensional chamber and there's the train going and the Kingpin and Spider-Man are fighting. Like, I don't even know if I blinked and I was like, do I need to take a break? Like, I don't know. Do I need to look away from the screen? It's like being in a hot tub. It's really fun, but you're not supposed to be in there for more than 15 minutes. Wait, are you for real? Yeah. You're not supposed to be in a hot tub for very long. You're definitely not supposed, not no. supposed to drink in a hot tub or drink too much. No. In a hot tub. Right. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard that. But yeah, you're not supposed to stay in a hot tub too long. Oh, whoops. Anyway. Hey, what's your record in a hot tub? You been in there for more than an hour? <laughs> no, okay, no. Okay, okay. I, I think I've done. Oh, maybe. Is that why the timer is only 15 minutes on the jets? Hey. <laughs> well <laughs> Makes done. Total sense. It all comes together. Makes total sense. So I do want to say the, the scientist lady who was working with the kingpin, mm-hmm. when Miles Morales and the other Peter Parker from the other dimension, which I loved that story. Of that Spider-Man who, you know, didn't do so great in his marriage. It's kind of a bum. Right. And now he's like trying, having to train. Voiced by Jake Johnson from uh, New Girl. Mm. He was oh, Nick okay. Miller on the New Girl. I don't know if you ever watched that, but like his voice is perfect for yes. that. Yes, it was perfect. And I, I love that whole feeling and the arc to being like, no, I'm not going to train you. To really, you know, taking to Miles. That's an enjoyable story. Right. When they go to the lab and that lady reveals that she is Doc Ock, blew my mind and loved her. That reveal was a lot of fun. That reveal was amazing. And like her, whoever voiced that and the lines and the, the tension in that moment when you see her arms come up, it's like, whoa, she, this isn't she shit. Goes, and my friends call me Liv, but my enemies, my <laughs> adversaries call me Doc Ock. Yes. I was like, wow. The, she's she is voiced by um i don't know her name but she is like the best friend character in how to lose a guy in 10 days this is katherine hahn yes she's in a lot of like romantic comedies as like the goofy best friend i recognized her voice i didn't know her i don't really know her name but yes can we talk about all of the different spider-man variations now that's exactly that's exactly where i wanted to go yes okay let's Let's talk about how we liked them, like kind of one to ten. Let's just kind of rank them as we go through them. One to ten? Oh, man. I mean, okay. We're, this is more like gut reaction. Okay, sure, 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 sure. Or maybe just a scale of how much you liked them. Miles Morales. Yeah, that was like loved him eight great. to nine. Yeah, eight or nine. Yeah, Perfect. yeah. Loved, yeah. P- Peter B. Parker was also, for me, high up there, eight or nine. Is that the one, the quick one at the beginning? Or are you talking about the guy no, who's that's eating pizza? The, that's the, yeah, that's the guy who's, they say he's put on some weight. Who wears sweatpants. That guy, yeah, I mean, he's 8, 9, 10. Like, I really enjoyed him. Okay. Gwen Stacy slash Spider Gwen. Yeah, I would say a 7, 8. 
I enjoyed her. I think I think for me she was probably a nine for me. Yeah, she was up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was Spider Man Noir, black and white. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give yeah like a seven. I like Nicolas Cage. I liked the feel. It was he was a fun character. I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give him like a five. I'm gonna middle of the road for me because while I enjoyed the Nick Cage part of it, I wasn't yeah. quite sure of his actual personality. If that makes sense. Yeah, but I did love him with the the Rubik's cube. That's all black. <laughs> like I enjoyed that, and it's like some some of his I don't know spider abilities or whatever. It it was black and white whenever he affected the world around him. Yes, I liked the I liked those details. Yes, uh, from him, Spider yeah. Ham, voiced by John Mulaney. <clears throat> How much did you like One. him? This is he's oh I did not I didn't like him. It can get weirder. I just washed my hands. That's why they're wet. People said he was funny and that it's funny that it was a radioactive pig that bit the spider instead of a spider biting a pig. I didn't care for it. I could have done without him. I'm going to go... I'm going to go... Four. I think he had, like... Okay. I don't know. I didn't... When I first saw in the trailers that he existed, I was like, I don't know about this. Right. But I think the whole like Looney Tunes esque way of fighting and like bringing a hole out, like Wiley e. Coyote style or a giant hammer or dropping the anvil was just enough like yeah. cross world bringing in the Looney Tunes like Space Jam sort of feeling that in some ways it kind of worked. And it kind of kept it so light and ridiculous that it reminded me like, hey, don't take this too seriously. Yeah, I I get that, and I did like the Looney Tunes fighting style, but him as a character, and again in the IMDb trivia section, it says that they told him to like have fun with the role, and so I guess when he was recording it, he just cursed a ton, right? Because his like his stand up uses a lot of profanity. I yeah, think. and I guess it wasn't until he was after done recording all the voiceovers that he asked what the rating of the movie was. <laughs> Told a PG, so but I I felt that crassness even in the voice sure. overs that they used even the, like he did use a he didn't curse but there were a couple words where I was like yeah it brought down the movie as a whole for me oh, okay not a ton not a ton but I was like mm, I wish they would come up with something different so what do you think about Penny Parker uh, the girl who is as a psychic link with her spider, <laughs> and the spider is in a giant mech suit, I think. Hi guys. Yeah, I, I still don't know if I completely grasp that Spider-Man. I appreciated the influence of like a Japanese anime style, but I was not crazy about that Spider-Man as a whole. I feel like the fact that it's a robot kind of even more than Ham, like, takes away from it being an actual superhero. Why? I thought she is the superhero. Without the robot, like, she doesn't have any powers, right? Uh, I think it's her psychic link with the spider, that is, and her her powers are, she's from, like, 3099 and has super powerful tech, was like a tech wizard. Uh-huh. I'll give her a five. Like, Okay. I was fine. It didn't. It didn't really like bother me, but I wasn't crazy about her. Okay. Yeah, her character wasn't super impactful for me. I'll probably go five as well. As far as like impactful characters, not like a ton. But the excuse to right. like bring in that cool like 
stereotypical like anime fighting style and like yeah gave yeah. me shades of like kind of a dragon ball z or a sailor moon or something right right one scene i did want to remember to mention the scene when miles morales is tied to the chair after all the spider-men leave him and his dad comes and talks to him through the door mm-hmm. about stuff a very nice scene this movie has a lot of heart and i think that that scene is another one of the the examples of it's being real. It's not just, you know, being a superhero movie, but you know, it's trying to communicate some stuff too. So I appreciated that. Yeah. And the fact that his dad wants to like connect and he says something in that scene about like, I don't want to just like drift apart. Like I, I want you to know that I'm always here for you. And I liked how, you know, we talked about the prowl, the prowler, his story and the heart there, even the kingpin, you know, we do hear in the story why he's trying to access these other dimensions and because his wife and son were lost and we see flashes of them in the final fight scene and we almost, we almost see emotion. We do. We see emotion on even the Kingpin's little tiny head. I like that, you know, we can even identify with him. You know, he's not just a, an emotionless villain. Yeah. I really enjoyed this movie. I liked what the one, um, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, I guess they're the directors, producers of the movie. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, I think Phil Lord they, wrote it. Uh, but they said their goal for the movie was to inspire young people to become heroes and inspire grown-ups to help them do it. I like that. That feels right. Yeah, I think this will be a, a good movie to watch again with my kids when they're a little older, too, and maybe they can identify with some of Miles Morales's struggles and wants. And yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I am. I am with you. I, except for the parts where I felt too old for this movie, uh, visually. <laughs> Yeah, I thought right. it was a really fun, like, I'm going to go back to it one more time. The animation style was so interesting to me. Yeah. I right. just want to, like, I would just love to talk to one of the 177 animators from this movie and just talk about, like, how much work went into this and all the, you know, all these different thoughts over one frame of a movie. Right, exactly. Exactly. I bet no, um, other than maybe, I guess, traditional animation, a lot of care goes into it. But I think there's probably more care per frame in this movie than anything I've seen Mm. in a long time. And it's probably a little behind the curtain. We actually didn't talk about a top five before (laughs) starting to record. We're doing top five Spider-Man today. Spider-Man movies. Nate, you read my mind. Perfect. Well, let's rate this one before we go to our top five. Let's do it. On a scale of zero to five... USB sticks, mm-hmm. which is the USB stick that gets broken and fought over between uh, Miles and the other Peter Parker guy. But Nate, how would you rate this movie? I am going to give it a four and a half. Mm-hmm. Singing about four, probably my heart four point two five. But I'm trying to give up <laughs> for Lent. <laughs> the quarters. The quarters. <laughs> um, Very good. So I'm going to say four point five. Great message. Again, animation that I could just dive into if I didn't have like real things to do in life. Right. I could right. really just go into how this is made. This would be super interesting. Visually, like a feast for the eyes. The only thing is that I found it a little overwhelming. And if you do struggle with potentially with like loud noises and loud visual Sen- sensory. sensory issues, yeah. this might not be the movie for you. But the story's a lot of fun. If I guess if you've never seen a Spider-Man before, maybe this would this is this movie assumes you have. 
but I really liked it. Four and a half. Well, right before you said your number, and actually the whole time I already had in my mind, 4.5 is my rating. Mm. And so I agree. I enjoy this movie. Do not resist the zeitgeist as I did for years and years. Just, uh, just watch the movie. It's fun. If you have kids, it's a fun superhero movie. You know, maybe give you stuff to talk about. Uh, brace yourself for the action. It's intense, but it's also fun. Uh, it's a good movie. Four and a half. Absolutely. All right, well, let's jam through our top five, Nate. <laughs> now, so if, if listeners aren't aware, Spider-Man has had a troubled film history because Sony owns Spider-Man in one sense, and that is where the Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Spider-Verse come from. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the Spider-Man from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is the Tom Holland starring Spider-Man Homecoming, the mm-hmm. upcoming Far From Home, and him in the Avengers. Mm-hmm. But I assume we're taking from all of these yes. and ranking them all. Do not use the Avengers movies. No, 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 no. no. As Spider-Man. I want these to be standalone Spider-Man movies. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. Okay, excellent. To be fair, I have not seen, like, if there were, like, animated Spider-Man movies before. No, no, no. I'm sure there are. Or, like, I saw some of the TV series growing up, but there have been so many yeah, Spider-Man I did too. Like, things. That I'm just basically starting with Tobey Maguire's yes. first Spider-Man. The canonical. Man. Yeah, 2002 Spider-Man and going forward. Yes. We're ranking. Agreed. And we didn't do any, well... Maybe you did, but I haven't done really any work on this, so a lot of this is going to come straight from the old heart. The, the fleeting thought this morning, as I was getting ready, that maybe we'll do the top five Spider-Man movies, and I immediately, probably within 10 seconds, knew my ranking. Wow. Without question. Without question. I have no honorable mentions, and uh, we can talk about why as we go through, but my number five is Spider-Man 3. The Tobey Maguire one with Bryce Dallas Howard as Gwen Stacy. <laughs> and uh, the <laughs> Sandman. If you piece all of our episodes together, you will find a theme. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Spider-Man 3. That is my number five. I'm going to go The Amazing Spider-Man. The very first Andrew Garfield one. That's number five. Oh, really? The Amazing Spider-Man. The one with Jamie Foxx. That's the second one. The first Amazing Spider-Man had the lizard as the bad guy. Oh, okay. See, this this is the problem. I am, I'm just going to say it right up front. I'm not including either of the Andrew Garfield yeah, Spider-Mans. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They, they've been bumped because I can't even remember which one's which. All right. We're going to go. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go with you. Spider-Man 3 for number five. Very good. And let me just say one more word. I don't know. We might get some letters about this. Some handwritten, pigeon-flown letters. I do not like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I think Gwen Stacy in those movies, I liked her Emma character. Emma Stone is great. Emma Stone did great, Gwen Stacy. Andrew Garfield is intolerable Emma Stone's, as Spider-Man. Emma Stone's death in one of those amazing Spider-Mans? Yes. Impactful. That moment, super yes. impactful. Impactful, but then Andrew Garfield's face, fake crying over her, not impactful. <laughs> made it worse. <laughs> you done made it worse. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry, but those Andrew Garfield ones, meh. Okay. All right. 
my number four is going to be the original first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man mm-hmm. with the Green Goblin and all that. I loved that first Spider-Man movie. I remember being huge again in the culture because it was the first major live action Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. But also, I watched it many times, and I think it still—I think it still holds up. I think Green Goblin—I forget his name, Willem Dafoe. That's right, Willem Dafoe. I think he is an amazing Green Goblin mm-hmm. and plays a great conflicted character in those movies. James Franco does fine. He doesn't have such a big role in that first movie, so it gets kind of passable. But Kirsten Dunst, that whole first movie, it, it was really good. So yep. that's my number four. I'm going to go, this is going to be a little bit controversial, but I'm going to go with Spider-Man Homecoming as number four. Mm. And here's why. That movie, I had high expectations for it. I think Tom Holland as a Spider-Man is perfect. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. him he looks like he's actually in high school, unlike like Tobey Maguire started <laughs> looking like, well, why, why is this guy in high right. school? 35 years old. He's great. He's great as Spider-Man, but like... I didn't, I need to see it again, but I didn't necessarily enjoy parts of Homecoming. And I think the disappointment, it's still good, but that brought it down to number four for me. Mm, Okay. Well, my number three is the movie we reviewed today, Into the Mm Spider-Verse. I really enjoyed it. Again, I think it fits in this top three. I'll probably see it again uh, in the future. So number three, Spider-Verse. All right, great. For me, my number three is the original spider-man the 2002 toby mcguire mm-hmm. like you said the uh the willem dafoe talking back and forth into the mirror oh yes, very yes. memorable and really great like the movie had a lot of creepy aspects without being like gory right yeah i like when the bad guy you don't have to resort to like a slimy sort of transformation to make them bad like right it was right. sort of yeah a bit of madness i guess yeah. So Willem Dafoe kind of, for me, made that movie really cool. Well, my number two, I'm putting Homecoming as number two mm-hmm. with Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. Vulture, the villain, which was Batman. What's his name? Um, I'm not going to help you out of this. I need you to, you're only going to Michael Keaton. Michael you, Keaton. Well done. Michael Keaton. Yes, Michael Keaton is an amazing villain. The scene with Tom Holland and him in the car. So nerve-wracking best part of that movie yes so great uh, i think the fight scenes were fun like you said tom holland is really fun it throws me a little off having aunt may as marissa tomei i feel like it's a little too much but i'm fine with it I'm sure okay but the uh, homecoming movie i really enjoyed it i'm really looking forward to the next one the far from home i just saw a trailer for far from home it looks really good i'm pretty sure in one of the very first lines there is like a Brit slip in the in the trailer. <laughs> so just watch that again and watch the very first word that Tom Holland says. Like, oh, I don't think that's American right there. I really hope the term Brit slip after our after our podcast it's a million listens that it just oozes into the culture. All right, and it can be credited I back probably, to you. Yeah, well, I probably took it from somebody, so I'm not even the originator. No, no, I never heard it before. I'm claiming you are the originator. <laughs> to you, I am the creator. Sure. Right. <laughs> also, just I know we're not using the movies in the ranking, but I like Tom Holland in the Avengers movies. I think he does add a nice change of pace and character to I think all he's these. Best. I think he's best in those movies. Yes. So far, I've liked those a lot more than Homecoming. Like 
his Civil War mm-hmm. like intro. And yeah. then just watched Infinity War recently. I did too. He's great in that. And his his dusting is this the most sad. It really is, yeah. He he does a great job in that moment, you know, acting. Mm-hmm. Um and the Iron Man proxy dad character is it's yeah, it's a good story. Well, what's your number two? My number two for me is Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Yeah. What we just watched. Really like it. Yep. And what I'm really happy about is that you and I have the exact same number one. <laughs> yes, we do. Go for the it. Number one, the Topa McGuire, Spider Man 2 with Doc Ock. So good. So good. It's so good. This train scene when. Toby Maguire is stopping the train. He's at the front of that train in a crucifix stance, you know, and he, he passes out right at the end and the people's hands come out and grab him. Ah, I love that scene every time. Doc Ock, Alfred Molina in there was so good. Yeah. Oh, yes. It is, yes. it's actually, I think it's one of the best sequels of all time too. I think it's just really good. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it, they went from that to Spider-Man 3 is really <laughs> crazy. I feel like they could have had a much better run if if three was different, because because two it was so good. The moment when Kristen Dunst sees Tobey Maguire as Spider Man for the first time is a great moment. I love that mm-hmm. part. Um, yeah, it's just and the, this is the one where he loses his powers for a time because he's conflicted about being Spider Man. That scene, the raindrops keep falling on my head. Yep. <laughs> he's walking and giving the, the gun to people as he's walking down the street. Like it's fun. It's funny. I really like Tom Holland as Spider Man. I think he's a great Spider Man for now. But I I liked Toby Maguire as yeah, Spider Man. Back in the day, yeah, I thought he was good in it. Yeah. I believed his cries when uh <laughs> whenever he would tear up. He's got some ugly cry moments as well that have been memed. <laughs> he does. Yes. <laughs> but but I believed it. I believed it. And I really liked the Doc Ock character. The scene when he becomes Doc Ock, basically, and he's trying to control the, the solar flare and all that. Like, it's it's really cool. Yeah. I enjoy it. We did it. That's fun. We delved into the Spider-Verse. Anyway, listeners, follow us at Movies on the Side. Comment on our Instagrams and stuff. You will move up the famed mm. Mott's mm. 3D triangle. You have some fan art. We'd love to see that as well. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you. Come on down. That's worse. Charlie's Chevrolet. That's worse.